Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Today, we're delighted to welcome Peter Hans, who is the president, uh, the, uh, as a matter of fact, the ninth president of the North Carolina Community College System. And he has uh, been a, a long advocate for education in the state of North Carolina and, and uh, has served in many capacities that we'll talk about a little bit later on. But we are delighted to have him here because he's uh, somebody that has done so much for the state and now is in a position to do so much more. So, Peter, welcome to the program. Good morning, Don. You know, we were talking before the program started. Uh, the thing that I think about when I think about the community college system is that uh, um, it, has, it means so, many, so much to so many people, but I still don't think the citizens of North Carolina understand the envy with which the world looks on our North Carolina community college system. We've got one of the best, and we are recognized in the field of education as having one of the best. And so... It's it's just a it's a crown jewel of well, the state. Well, thank you. It it really is. We have the third largest community college system in the country after California and Texas, which is which pretty are, pretty yeah, remarkable. Much when you think states, about yeah, 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 you think about the population. We have seven hundred thousand students, seven hundred thousand North Carolinians enrolled in a community college on an annual basis in a state of ten million people. That's a pretty remarkable reach. Yes, and I, I, I guess if you were to go back and count up all the people who have taken a course at a community college or gotten an associate's degree from a community college, what would it be, a half, half the population? Oh, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's touched a lot of lives, changed a lot of lives. Let's talk a little bit about the system and uh, – uh, I think, are there 58 campuses? That- 58 colleges. Yeah. A number of them actually have satellite campuses. So we have 180 locations across the state, 275 programs of study, and as I mentioned, serving 700,000 students. I think that's a number that really surprises and grabs people's attention. Well, and, and it differs from the university system in the fact that each one of these colleges has a degree of independence that the uh, university system uh, does not have. It's, it, uh, explain the difference between the way the University of North – because you were involved in that as chair of the board. Sure. And so you're, sure. you're very involved uh, – uh, we're very involved with the University of North Carolina system. And so well, the community college system is, is governed so differently. Interestingly, though, uh, it, it may look a little bit different on paper, but they're more alike than either one of them would like to admit, actually. Okay. Uh, and, and here's why. And I'm talking in terms of uh, practical, yeah. practical yeah. Uh, ways rather than uh, how they're governed on paper. The university system on paper is more centralized the the community college system more decentralized and understandably so we need to emphasize local autonomy so that those 58 colleges can be most responsive to local needs uh, rather than try to run it out of raleigh it's simply too large uh, it's a sprawling enterprise actually uh, and it's best if there is community leadership with uh, some system-wide direction uh, policy making, advocacy, uh, and governance, but to stress that local autonomy for those communities. Uh, and uh, of course, the other thing is the community college system. Um, uh, ha- 
I guess his formation was what late fifties. Yeah, the of course the idea came about uh, in the in the late fifties. Really came together in the sixties. We celebrated our fiftieth anniversary a couple of years ago. Uh, I believe, though it, it it will be increasingly relevant to the future of North Carolina because when you think about all the changes in the economy, technology, society. Everything we know suggests that education in the future is likely to be shorter in duration for periods of our lives and more regularly occurring and reoccurring throughout our lives. That is essentially the community college model. Now, some of the community colleges are called community colleges. Others are called technical colleges. Is there any real difference? Other than just the name? Well, a historical uh, artifact there, uh, because the reason we're the third largest in the country is that we're a comprehensive uh, institution in that uh, community colleges in some states are essentially junior colleges, and in other states they are industrial and technical training centers. Well, we actually fulfill both of those broad missions what we would call curriculum or two-year programs and continuing education or workforce training programs in addition to basic skills development and economic development on behalf of the state we do all under the umbrella of community colleges in North Carolina so that's a little bit of a historical legacy in terms of the names in various places now I know uh, Piedmont and Charlotte and Wake uh, and and Raleigh are, are are just busting at the seams. They are. They are. Wake Tech uh, here in Raleigh, 70,000 students, incredibly sophisticated, very high quality. Same with Central Piedmont. And uh, really throughout the system, people are impressed not only with the affordability, the accessibility, the flexibility, and the, but the high quality of our community colleges. Peter, we want to talk a little bit about the curriculum and how that's established at the various colleges and so forth. But one of the things we were talking about before the program started is, have we overcooked people on the importance? I mean, you know, you've served with the UNC board for many years, and there's nothing, I'm not leading anybody to believe that the university system is not vital and important. But have yes. we overcooked the importance of a four-year degree? I think to some extent, yes. Uh, for everyone. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's that's right. Because, uh, and I think with the best of intentions that, uh, oh, because you and I believe, as do most North Carolinians, that education really is the path uh, forward for our state uh, collectively and for uh, individuals. But there are many paths to success in life. And, of course, the benefits that come from a community college education, whether it's a two-year degree going on to a four-year degree, or whether it's a diploma or a workforce certificate that leads to a great job and good career, uh, these are all paths to success and don't preclude any options in the future of those students later going on to a four-year degree. Although, interestingly, I would note, we actually get more students from the university coming to community college and going from community college to the university. Now, you, your first uh, job as a, or first involvement with the community college system was serving on their board, and then you later went to the Board of Governors, the That's university right. system. Uh, 
What did you learn from your first experience with the community college system, and what have you learned from your experience on the board of uh, the uh, university system that is going to help you so much in your role now? Well, Don, I essentially had a 20-year training exercise in preparing for this Some people, it just takes a long time to learn. Well, it does. It does. (laughs) And many would argue I'm I'm still still in that phase. But six years on the State Board of Community Colleges, 12 years on the UNC Board of Governors, two years working with UNC President Margaret Spellings before taking this role as president of the community college system. That was 20 years really learning North Carolina's higher education system uh, from a little bit of an outsider perspective. I'm not a professional educator. I'm a business person, uh, experience in politics uh, and other fields that I think enable me to have a combination of inside experience but outside perspective that I, I hope will benefit the, the prospects of higher education in this state. Well, it's, a, it's certainly an interesting background. And, of course, the other thing I think is interesting about you is that you grew up both in South Point on the coast and in Hendersonville in the mountains. So I you know, have a perspective in North Carolina that. that's unique. Well, and it's interesting, Don, because in my first year on the job, visited all 58 colleges in the system. And people said, well, that must have been a real challenge. But actually, I, I truly love this state, every piece of it, every nook and cranny. So that was a joy for me to – be in the big cities and the small towns and the east and the west and the mountains and the coast and through the Piedmont and eating barbecue all along the way. Uh, I love it all. I love this state. I'm incredibly proud of it. Well, uh, and uh, as we said, uh, the uh, various campuses mirror the needs of the local communities in such a way that makes each visit, I'm sure, very intriguing when you find out what they're doing on those campuses that are so different from, say, a campus at another place. Yes, you you can learn so much about the health of a community by visiting the community college there because if they're strong and vibrant and responsive, it's likely that community is growing and prospering. So what are some of the things that are, uh, uh, I guess, important as a connectional opportunity for you at the community college system that benefits the local campuses in their planning and their directions? Well, as it relates to curriculum, as you might imagine, there is um, a broad base of standard curriculum throughout the system that the English courses and the math courses, et cetera, that uh, form the basis uh, of a, a solid general education. But one of the really cool things about our colleges is some of the shorter term programs as well as the degree programs that they offer that emphasize local needs and to see some areas of the state offer uh, and a perfect example montgomery community college small community in the middle of the state uh troy that area yeah, not good, uh, yeah. uh, they have forestry program because uh, great need there for uh, 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 lumber. Yeah. Uh, in addition, heritage crafts near Seagrove uh, for pottery and that sort of thing. They also have a gunsmithing program that is nationally recognized. Uh, many examples of that, uh, and that's kind of on a, a, a micro level, of where they're being most responsive to the local business needs 
so that people in their community have opportunities for great jobs and careers. Peter Hans, the president of the North Carolina Community College System, is our guest, and we'll be back with more here on Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. I can help the next customer over here. Oh, thank you. Wow, that's a lot of books. Let's see, how to keep your child safe, child-proofing your home, child-proofing your yard, child-proofing your in-laws' home and yard. Well, I'm guessing you have a little one at home? Yeah. Well, it looks like you must take good care of her. Oh, thank you. Now, let's see. Parents' Guide to Safe Toys. That's a really good one. Parents' Guide to Safe Foods. Parents' Guide to Safe Safety Products. Parents' Guide to Parenting Guides. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and other safety tips. Of all the things you can read about keeping your child safe, the most important is attached to the back of their car seat. Read the instruction manual and learn to use the latch system. It makes it easier to be sure your child's car seat is installed correctly. Parents' Guide to Telling Other Parents How to Raise Their Kids. To learn more, go to safercar.gov. Anchor, tether, latch. The next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. You've got your shades on, do you? So cool, so hip, so sheltered by frames of UV protection to show the world you are a force. But did you also know by wearing sunglasses you're doing your eyes a favor? That's right, sunglasses help avoid overexposure to the sun, which can produce red eyes, a feeling of grittiness, even excessive tearing. But you, oh master of the incognito, are taking care of your eyes without even knowing it. For more easy ways to keep keeping your eyes healthy, see your optometrist or visit AOA.org. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with Peter Hans, president of the North Carolina Community College System. He is the ninth president of that system. Started his job, well, about a year ago. A year, I guess you're about your 13th month. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and, of course, he uh, had a background of not only serving as chair of the UNC board, but also being on that board, the UNC Board of Governors, for a number of years. And then before that, also involved with the community college system on their board. So uh, a long, as I think you said, a 20-year training program has <laughs> equipped you for this. <laughs> One of the things that is uh, of concern to everyone, I think, is the cost of education and how that is manifesting itself in a lot of student debt, yes. uh, which uh, handicaps students for a number of years. Um, we were talking before the program came on about how some ways that maybe we can reduce the cost of education uh, because uh, especially these students are taking so many advanced placement classes in high school. Right. Do they really need three years or four years of college? Right, yeah. right. Well, the, the affordability question really is one of the greatest uh, challenges in front of higher education right now because nationally there is $1.5 trillion worth of student debt. Arguably, it's holding back the entire American economy. Uh, community colleges offer a great way to reduce the cost of education. A couple of examples. Through our Career and College Promise program, offering courses in the high schools and with our early college locations at many campuses, we're able to offer high school students access to college-level coursework where they can accumulate credits that go towards an associate's degree. Uh, free of cost because they're public school students. Once they uh, obtain those credits, they can uh, apply them uh, towards an associate's degree from community college and then transfer, if they wish, onto a four-year institution, both public or private, 
essentially saving half the cost of a four-year degree. And we're finding more and more North Carolinians taking advantage of this opportunity, but we've got to get a, a, do a better job of telling that story because if we want to tackle the high cost of a college education, that's how you do it. Well, student debt, uh, there's more and more being said about it, but this seems to be uh, part of the uh, problem that we have sort of overcooked people on the need for degrees, and so um, they're borrowing money on the the premise that uh, later on, because they have a advanced degree in this or that, that they're going to make more money. And sometimes that's true, and sometimes that's not true. Well, that's right. It's not always true, and it's it's useful for people to really research that ahead of time, particularly as they go on to graduate-level degrees. The bulk of the student debt in this country does come from graduate degrees and from for-profit institutions, which may or may not have the students' interests at heart. Well, you know, we see uh, ads on TV and on radio about these uh, for-profit educational institutions, and they really encourage debt. Well, they do. And look, I'm a free enterprise, uh, private enterprise guy. So uh, some of these institutions offer uh, flexible alternatives for people, but some, uh, they excel at marketing and at signing up students for loan programs which they are burdened with for many, many years. And that's unfortunate. Now, one of the things that you alluded to a few moments ago, there's a number of community college systems that are working directly with a number of the uh, uh, 16 campuses of the university system Absolutely. and having this uh, wonderful uh, laid-out program on how you can start at the community college level and go on. I think uh, Chapel Hill has a program with Alamance, uh, as I remember. And the, the, the C-STEP program at Chapel yep. Hill has uh, agreements with a number of our colleges. Uh, explain what that does. Well, uh, essentially, uh, so diff- a couple different varieties, not just at Chapel Hill, but as you mentioned, throughout the 16-campus university system. Uh, the varieties include co-admission agreements, where you are accepted as a student at the university, but you take your first two years of classes at a community college, and provided you hit certain benchmarks with your GPA and uh, course of study, you transfer in uh, automatically to the university. Uh, a number of what we call articulation agreements, which are essentially agreements which govern the, tr- the transfer of credits, between the community college system and the university, although interestingly we have reverse transfer programs as well, where university students who haven't completed their degree are able to apply that credit at community college so they can get an associate's degree. Uh, It works both ways. There is very strong and growing collaboration between the university and community college systems. As you might imagine, given my background, I'm a strong proponent of that. We have similar arrangements with the private and independent colleges and universities as well. So I think that works to the benefit of students and their families. Well, as you said, anything that reduces the time spent on the campus is going to reduce the cost. and that's, Right. Uh, time is money. And that saves money. And uh, um, so it's, it's certainly worthwhile looking at it. Now, We've we've talked a lot about working with the university system, but you also work uh, extensively uh, with the K through twelve system as well. Yes, and uh, how how is that uh, involvement? 
Well, most prominently uh, through that uh, offering of community college courses uh, in the high schools. I'm I'm a strong believer that we've got to uh, expose young people, particularly as early as middle school, to career exploration uh, so they can think ahead about their path. Not that you need to decide as early as middle school uh, what you want to do with your life, because I think that's an unreasonable expectation, but to have a sense of, okay, uh, there are a variety of paths open to me. I'm interested in a four-year degree. No, I'm interested in a particular trade-related uh, skill. Uh, I may want to take uh, time to develop uh, through uh, work-based learning uh, experiences, that sort of thing, to plant those seeds early in uh, a student's life so they can think ahead and plan ahead successfully for their future. As we continue to put more and more emphasis on uh, preschool, so-called the preschool programs, it's yeah. actually school. I'm not sure why we call it preschool. Right, right. Pre- first grade, I guess. Is there really a need to take a look at the whole system and say, wait a minute, you know, maybe uh, uh, K through 12 uh, starts with the fourth or fifth uh, year student, and but it stops at what we would now call the 11th grade. And mm-hmm. then uh, at that point in time, the students choose to either go to a community college, at least uh, for some additional education, or they go in the workforce, or they go into the university system. Don, we know uh, that more and more North Carolinians are going to need high-quality education credentials beyond high school. Uh, The My Future North Carolina effort, which is a coalition of business leaders, uh, political leaders, education sectors, uh, I'm deeply involved in it, is is guiding a statewide effort uh, for 2 million more North Carolinians to have Uh, high-quality credentials beyond high school by the year 2030, so that roughly two-thirds of North Carolinians are uh, are in that position so that they can be successful in the workforce and life. So to your question, yes, I think some reimagining of the whole education uh, uh, continuum makes sense. We know early childhood education works, particularly if it's high-quality, Uh, But there is no reason why we needed to be wedded to the old system because that's the way it's always been done. We need to serve students and the citizens of North Carolina first, not systems and silos. Has any other state experimented with anything like this, or is there any movement going on now that would uh, cause some realignment of our our current thinking? Not not nearly enough because, of course, so much of this is deeply rooted in our experience and in our minds uh, that change the scale that we're knocking about here at the moment in this conversation is almost unimaginable to people. And of course, there's a great deal of turf protection involved. Now, being a product of the public schools who, uh, you know, graduate of the university system and leader of the community college system, also have a private university degree, I'm not wedded to one uh, sector, one silo or another, I think we've got to look at the whole picture. And again, focus on what works for students and citizens, not let's keep doing what we've been doing and expecting different results, particularly in a very changing world. 
that we have to adapt to. I'm sort of surprised that somebody in some state has not started working in this area. But yeah. uh, I think tradition is something that uh, sometimes rooted. serves us well, but sometimes it holds us back. Deeply rooted. Yeah, deeply rooted. And, uh, uh, you know, there's just uh, – well, it was good enough for me, so it's therefore it's good enough for my children right. and grandchildren. Uh, although uh, one of the things I've noticed, I have an ingoing, I have a daughter, a granddaughter is going into college, and I've noticed that orientation is a lot different than it was when I was there. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, in in many ways, uh, education is is better funded and stronger than it was. There are always questions about the rigor, particularly in higher education, of the experience. But the fact is, education is this state's best best path forward if we want to continue to grow and prosper. And it's worth the investment. Yep. Peter Hans is our guest here on uh, Carolina Newsmakers. He's the ninth president of the North Carolina Community College System, and we're talking about not only the community college system, but education as a whole and his views on it because he has spent 20 years of his life uh, so far uh, in working <laughs> in this area. You're just starting. You're just starting. <laughs> Uh, And we'll be back with another segment to continue that conversation right after these messages. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The statewide Guardian Ad Litem program provides trained, independent advocates to represent the best interests of abused and neglected children in court proceedings. And they need your help. Donate a few hours each month and be a voice for local children, helping them through the court system to find a safe, nurturing, and permanent home. Rise to the challenge and become a much-needed volunteer. Call 1-800-982-4041 or visit ncgal.org. Volunteer for the Guardian Ad Litem program. Be the voice for a child. Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're talking with Peter Hans, president of the North Carolina Community College System, and uh, he's our guest on Carolina Newsmakers. Uh, what? what uh, let, let's uh, talk a little bit about this job. What, what attracted you to this position? Why, why did you decide this was a good thing for Peter Hans to do? Well, I love our community colleges. I love uh, public education, love higher education. To me, it is the opportunity to provide so many more chances to so many North Carolinians who might not otherwise have them, uh, again, in a affordable, accessible, flexible, high-quality manner. I, I, I really want to focus, Don, on how our students uh, can improve their lives. There's so many inspiring stories out, out there. Uh, that have touched my heart and have just deepened my commitment to the community colleges and to public education. 
the the really community colleges are the ladder to the middle class, and I feel privileged to be a small part of that. What's uh, you've been around a long time with this thing, but I, I guess when you get in the chair, when you sit behind the desk, you begin to find out there are some things that even surprised you, even with your experience and background in this role. What has surprised you most since you've taken this role? Well, I. I suppose uh, I am surprised and impressed with community college's ability to stretch the dollar when you consider the level of funding that that community colleges have, which is generous uh, because it is public dollars, of course, uh, both local, state, and federal uh, dollars, but uh, the extent of the impact that our community colleges make on relatively limited funding is pretty remarkable when you think about it. I see uh, our people, our amazing faculty and staff who are deeply committed to serving our students, find a way to stretch that dollar, to make it happen. They generally don't complain about things. They just get it done. They find a way to serve our students. And while I knew that and I've seen it, to feel it and experience it on a daily basis is inspiring. Uh, you mentioned compensation. Is our faculty uh, compensated uh, as they should be? No, we have real issues with that in the community college system. Uh, I'm proud of the efforts the state has made to support university faculty. We're in the top 10 in the country. They're improving on public school teaching uh, compensation, I think 29th in the country, and moving up, thankfully, I think those are smart decisions. Our community college faculty ranked 41st in the country in terms of salaries. Now, this makes it extraordinarily difficult for us to, to recruit and retain high-quality instructors. Now, fortunately, they're very committed to the mission, but we're an open enrollment institution. We take the top 100% of students who come through the door, except in those areas where we can't recruit the instructors. Nursing is a perfect example of this, where you have to have uh, well-prepared nurses teaching those who will follow them. Nursing salaries uh, is very difficult for us to compete with the private sector, with the universities, uh, other options available to them. And yet, this state has the second largest nursing shortage in the country. Now, we could meet that need through the community colleges. We just can't hire enough instructors. So we, unfortunately, have to turn away students on a yearly basis who want to pursue a career in nursing. And I think that's uh, that's not the way to go. What... Uh you know, they're, they're, of course, the K through 12 teachers sort of take care of themselves. I mean, they've had a march and oh, all sure, this kind of stuff. Sure. And, and, of course, the university system is uh, uh, considered uh, their situation and compared with their peers. And they use that as a way of, of adjusting salaries. Uh, what's it going to take to get some uh, exposure to the fact that our community college system compensation needs to be increased. We've been talking with legislators uh, about it, and I, I think there's a recognition that some attention needs to be paid to this issue. Uh, they're very focused right now on the public school teachers, which again, I support and understand. Uh, but we're going to find a way to put the spotlight on community college 
faculty and staff salaries, going to do a compensation study of some sort by a third party that I believe the legislature will have faith in, uh, in hopes that they'll spend some time on this in the coming years because uh, we need it. What are your priorities for the community, uh, community college system? As you, uh, you've been there now 13 months, sure. just long enough to really have a good feel for the needs and the opportunities, the problems, and so forth. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your, your one-year priorities and things that are high on your list that need to be done now. And then uh, I guess we'll follow that up with saying, okay, long-range, what are sure. situations? couple of things come immediately to mind, uh, Don. I've talked about the need for us to simplify, align, and accelerate. That is to simplify uh, all of our processes uh, at the community college, some of which we've uh, imposed on our, ourselves, some of which have been externally imposed upon us, to make it streamlined for the student to succeed. Uh, talked about aligning with our key partners in the public schools, the universities, and the business community, uh, and accelerating the number of North Carolinians with those high-quality credentials so they can be successful in the workforce and in life. And I think all this involves improved labor market outcomes for our students. It involves improved retention and graduation rates for our students, and better serving underserved populations. Uh, the, the, the number of North Carolinians who need a high-quality education credential isn't limited to any one group located in any one area. No matter who you are or where you come from, you need accessible, affordable, flexible, high-quality education. Community colleges offer that. Well, as we've talked about so many times in, on this program with so many different people, who are leading our state in so many different areas. One of the things that's interesting is we have about 25 or 30 counties that are just doing just fine right. and growing like a weed, so to speak. And then we've got another 80 counties that are have a whole different set of problems exactly. and opportunities. Exactly. Uh, and more than anything else, I guess the community college system offers hope to those 80 counties of how to redevelop and how to create economic development. Open opportunity. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting uh, about education is we uh, tend to look uh, have sort of a short term look outlook on what jobs are going to be available. Uh, you hear over and over educators say, you know, we're we're teaching kids that probably are going to be working in jobs in fifteen years that don't even exist now in people's minds. Right. That's. Uh, that's an interesting challenge. Well, again, I think this speaks to the importance of a well-funded community college system because that is only going to be more and more the situation where jobs are going to be created and then disrupted and the need for new skills and and, uh, knowledge to be developed uh, with all these changes in the economy, society, technology, Education is going to be shorter in duration and more regularly occurring throughout our lives, lifelong learning, and that is the community college model. It's not easy uh, once you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s to necessarily go to a university and reskill, certainly not back to the public schools, but you can do do so through the community college. A good example of what we're kind of talking about is the fact that if you go back to, say, 30 years ago, 
textile manufacturing jobs were very important. Tobacco manufacturing jobs were very important. Furniture manufacturing jobs. Right. A lot of states couldn't take the hit we've taken and still grow because those industries are basically gone or changed dramatically. Well, it's a testament to North Carolina's resilience. And again, I think our investment in education to go down to uh, Concord and see the effect of when the pillow techs, uh, textile facility there closed and up to 10,000 people lost their jobs almost immediately. It was in that community, Rowan Cabarrus College, that responded and helped people upskill and reskill so that they could restart jobs and careers. And that, again, in many ways, community colleges are like speedboats. We can get to a problem quickly and deal with it. The universities and public schools, they're battleships. They're big and they're powerful but they're slow to move. Community colleges are the ones that can respond quickly to situations like that, and I think that's going to be increasingly valuable. Well, and of course, as we've said uh, on many occasions about uh, developing the underdeveloped parts of North Carolina, uh, those are burdens that the state has to take on, and if we uh, make uh, lemon uh, lemonade out of lemons, uh, we're going to be well on our way to solving a lot of our state's problems in the in the growth areas. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, so, so community college presidents then look at their role in their community and say, okay, this is what's important in Wake County, this is what's important in Mecklenburg County, and this is what is important, you mentioned Montgomery County. Uh, so they are led by a local board. Yes, so each of the 58 colleges has a board of trustees that is appointed uh, by three authorities, the the governor, the local county commissioners, and the local school board to align us with our educational sector partners. They uh, send names forward to to the state board of of community colleges uh, for a local college president, which... Um, we vet and then uh, approve that balance of local autonomy and state support has been critical to our success. Well, it's, it, the model has served itself well because, as you said, each, each uh, college seems to adapt to the local situation and serve the needs of the local population to a degree that uh, is probably unparalleled. Yeah, no, we're very fortunate yeah. in North Carolina. Well, you know, in our last segment of, of uh, Carolina Close-Up, which we'll be following in just about uh, 60 seconds from right now, uh, we want to talk a little bit about how North Carolina and North Carolina citizens have always valued education because uh, it has always been something that has sort of set us apart from all of our peer states and has led us to a, a position of leadership amongst those peer states. And we're going to do that when we return with our guest, Peter Hans, who's the president of the North Carolina Community College System. And we'll do that in 60 seconds from right now. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. 
You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. When we get old, will you take care of me if I can't get around anymore? Of course. We'll find a way. Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's Disease Research. 1-800-437-2423. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with our last segment of uh, this program, and we're delighted to have Peter Hans with us, who is now in his 13th month of serving North Carolina as a the president of the North Carolina Community College System. I'd like to remind everyone listening to this program, if you're listening to a station that carries the 30-minute version of this program, there's another uh, 22 minutes of content that you're not privy to hear on your radio station, but you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear that. And uh, if you'd like to share the entire broadcast with a friend or listen to the entire broadcast, it is also available. That's on carolinanewsmakers.com. Peter Hans is our guest, as we've said. He's the ninth president of the community college system, 13th month in service. And, Peter, we were uh, in the last segment, we talked about the fact that North Carolina, um, we, we, we sort of uh, pride ourselves on being that uh, sea of humility between the two mountains of conceit, yes. Virginia and South Carolina. Yes. But I think it's a, a legacy that has led us to believe in education in a way that uh, a lot of states just don't believe in it. But most everyone is always uh, so involved in education because I think they see it as the key to their children doing better than they did. I believe you're right, Don. You know, in real estate, talk about location, location, location. I believe North Carolina's future is based on education, education, education. And the more that we can collaborate throughout the education continuum from early childhood through the public schools through the community colleges and our four-year institutions, all working together for the betterment of our state, we will provide hope and opportunity and jobs to everyone. And that's North Carolina's best path forward. Now, of course, all states are interested in economic development, North Carolina no exception. But how important is the community college system to recruiting new industry? Oh, incredibly important. The Commerce Secretary, Tony Copeland, will tell you it's the most important incentive he has is the customized job training that the community colleges provide to those businesses who are locating in North Carolina or expanding their existing operations in our state. Additionally, through the bio network, we provide training for the life sciences companies, which is a growing uh, segment of North Carolina's employers. Uh, The small business centers uh, at each of our 58 colleges provide help to entrepreneurs. Uh, As well, we have the state's registered apprenticeship program, working hand-in-hand with uh, employers to provide those opportunities to people to become, to learn and earn uh, at the same time. We're a key player in economic development and proud of it. The legislature is in session, and uh, I'm sure you've got some legislation that is important to you. What are those uh, issues 
that you are uh, concerning yourself with right now with regards to uh, the time that you spend down at the legislature sure. doing a little lobbying from time uh, to time. Uh, indeed, uh, indeed I do. I was there almost all day yesterday. The legislature has been very good to us thus far. Now we, we haven't finished out the budget process because they're reconciling their differences, and then the governor uh, will be part of the negotiations at that point. Uh, but all of them have been supportive of community colleges. We're, we're trying to fund additional short-term workforce training opportunities in high-demand fields that uh, employers need uh, our assistance. This includes healthcare, information technology, construction, transportation, advanced manufacturing, public safety, all playing key roles in North Carolina where uh, community college grads can have great jobs and great careers in a relatively short period of time and i'm talking eight to twelve weeks this is our number one priority and i'm happy to say the legislature and the governor see the value in that now colleges and universities raise a lot of money uh through uh, gifts and and uh, their endowments and so forth uh the community college system is well behind in yes. that kind of development how does that uh take a step forward and, and we create uh, some additional funding for the community college through uh, development and through endowments. More private support certainly would be helpful in taking us from really good to great uh, and acting as a catalyst for different programs and opportunities. I, I, some of our colleges do well in this area or they're located in communities where they can draw upon the resources there uh, to, to raise money on their own. But we're trying to provide more uh, opportunities for community college personnel from presidents to actual development officers to learn that craft, to learn that trade, and improve their success in that manner because we need that sort of support. It, it really can make a difference. One of the things that keeps the alumni involved in the colleges is athletic programs. Uh, some community college systems have oh, athletic yes. programs. Others don't. A number uh, of them do. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do we take advantage of that to build some camaraderie and, and bring those alumni back so that they become involved in the, in the campus in the way that the, uh, the alumni of the university uh, system does? Well, that's right. Now, the, the challenge that we have on athletic programs versus the university is uh, while a number of our colleges have athletic programs that have done quite well, actually, nationally within their uh, divisions, uh, is we don't want to pass the extra cost along to the student. We want the community college education to remain very affordable and avoid debt for our students. The, the university, of course, will charge athletic fees, raise private dollars from alumni. Uh, we don't receive state support for athletic programs at the community colleges. We don't. And while we want to extend those opportunities because it, it leads to more engaged alumni, more engaged students, the community gets excited, we just want to keep that focus on remaining affordable. So that's a, that's a balance we're trying to strike. Well, affordability, as we talked about earlier, is so important because, as we mentioned earlier, student debt is a major concern to, uh, to us all now as it uh, is getting an awful lot of uh, press and discussion about that um what kind of scholarship programs are available to students in uh, uh, community colleges so uh, 
The colleges themselves have a variety of scholarship programs uh, that are often the gifts, private gifts from local individuals in the community uh, that meet uh, a variety of needs. We also have some state-level programs through the Golden Leaf Foundation and other sources. Uh, The federal Pell Grant largely will cover uh, the cost of community college education for those students who qualify for need the, the need-based need program, yeah. uh, and I'm happy to report that, there is a need for additional scholarship dollars in those short-term workforce training opportunities because while the registration costs are not, uh, they're very low, uh, they're very affordable, but there can be additional costs in terms of, say, you're training to be a lineman. And Lord knows we're all thankful for the lineman when the power goes out, right? Yes. Uh, that to train to be a lineman, uh, go through an 8- to 12-week course, uh, might only cost $180 for registration fee, but in terms of equipment that you might need to do that job, you could be looking at $500 to $1,000. Well, that may not sound like a, a lot of money to many of us. To a lot of folks, that's a real hurdle. And so to create more scholarship dollars in those areas where there is no state and federal financial aid, that is none for short-term workforce training opportunities or very little, uh, that's where we need the help, to help people get prepared and ready for those great jobs and careers. Peter, thank you so much for sharing all this information about the community college system and the, the, the work that these uh, uh, great institutions are doing in the state of North Carolina and how they're contributing to our welfare. Peter Hans, our guest, and uh, we, if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, again, a reminder, you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the entire broadcast, which uh, consists of 45 minutes of content, or the segments that you might have missed if you're listening to a program that carries uh, half the, of the show. We'll be back again next week with another guest, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you then. Till next week, same time, same station. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.